morning, we want you to turn with me in your copy of the scriptures to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As you can see, we're getting ready to take communion, and communion is a special, special thing that we do here. And, and I think it's important for us to pause and to reflect on the, the, the whole of what communion looks like. Um, because so many times we, we hit like a portion of it or we'll hit it quickly. And today I want to just spend a little bit of time here. Um, because communion is an important event. It's an important pr- event that we participate in each and every month here at our church. Um, and today's the special day that we get to do that. And, you know, w- when you look at this idea of communion and, and the word, the two cent word that we use with this, it's, it's called an ordinance. An ordinance. And I looked up that word ordinance in the dictionary, and, and it, to be honest, it was kind of blah. It said it's a pre- prescribed religious rite or activity. And, and I read that, and I'm thinking, that just doesn't sound like it's enough. That doesn't sound like it gives it enough oomph, you know? And so today, I, I want us to talk about this, this thought process of what communion is and what it looks like, because I believe that this is an important time for us. It's a time for us to remember, as you see on the front of the table, it says, do this in remembrance of me. Um, It's a time of of remembering, but it's also not just a one-dimensional thing. Communion is not a one-dimensional looking backward kind of thing, but I also believe it, it involves past, present, and future. And we're going to talk about those three things today. That's what we're going to explore. So if you would please, the text, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. says, I received of the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after he had had supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and unhealthy among you, and many die. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so that we would not be condemned with the world. Father, today I pray, help us. Help us, God, as we look at this idea of communion this morning. God, it's so amazing what you did for us. And I I pray, God, that today that we would respond um, to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, there are three aspects of communion. The first one is this. I believe that we are to be looking backward. I believe communion by its, its very nature and, and doing this in remembrance of the Lord, it causes us to look backward. Um, the cross, it, it, we've sang about it this morning, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the whole, all of it's nailed to the cross. You know, the cross was a torturous thing. 
for people in the Roman Empire. The Romans used this cross as a way to execute people, and, and it was a very public, it was a very painful, it was a, a, a very um, fearful, to cause fear in the hearts of, of people. That's, that's one of the reasons why they did that. And, and so they would take someone and they would put them in public display that this is a, a thief or this is someone who tried to bring in an insurrection or tried to bring a revolution, if you will, to our Roman Empire. And, and we are making a spectacle of him. And, and he is going to be put on this cross for everyone to see because this is what happens when you cross us. And the Romans used this cross as a symbol of fear to keep their empire subdued, but God used it as a symbol of power to set you free from your sin. You know, you think about what Christ went through and the love that God has in this. We're we're taking this communion time together here in a few moments, and And it does cause us to think about the love and the grace and the mercy of God that's poured out to us. When you stop and think for just a moment, I I think of what my life was like before I met Jesus. I think of what my life was like afterward, and I I can't fathom. Uh, It's hard for me to wrap my mind around that kind of love. That someone would give their only son, that the father would give his only son to die for me. When I was not even his, when when I was an enemy of God, God sent his son into this world to die for my sin. How amazing love that is. You know, I've got two kids of my own, and the Bible talks about how um, that you might send someone to die for a righteous person, but for unrighteous people. I got two kids of my own, and I just couldn't fathom or imagine what that would be like. It's hard enough to think that I would sacrifice one of them to, uh, for someone that I liked, much less somebody that was my enemy. But God demonstrated his love in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. That Romans 8 passage is so powerful. I want to read that entire verse of Scripture this morning, beginning in verse 6. It says, while we were yet weak, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Rarely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone, some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. For us. This becomes our primary thought when we approach communion. It's, it's our primary thing when we come, and it should be. It's, a, it's the thing that we, we look back, and this is my body that was broken and beaten and bruised and hurt for you. This is my blood that was shed so that you could have forgiveness of sin because God's word says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So once and for all, God then sends his son as the perfect sacrifice to shed his blood on a cruel cross for you while you were still his enemy. Think about that for just a moment. 
amazing is his love. I want to take this just one step further. Before God even created Adam from the dust of the earth, he knew he was going to have to sacrifice his son. But he did it anyway. That is a demonstration of the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, one thing about communion, yeah, it causes us to look backward, but there's a second dimension of that too, is it causes us to look inward. It causes us to look inward. You know, Paul states in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that this should be about a time of reflection and examination. I don't know about you, but I never liked a lot of exams. Whether that be physical or whether that be at school or whatever, I've never really been a, a proponent of, of examinations. Um, in school, many people would have uh, what they would call test anxiety. And I, I realize that this is a very real thing, that when you're getting ready to take a test, all of a sudden, man, you just forget everything. I understand that that's a very real thing. In my life, it was a little different because usually when I got test anxiety, it was because it was I didn't study. That's when I got test anxiety, or I forgot that there was a test that day, or, or the examination was such that there was a pop quiz, and I didn't read my assignment for the day. And, the, and I remember that moment when the professor or the teacher would pass out those tests, and as they're passing out those tests, I got a lot more spiritual. I got a lot closer to God in those moments. I'm, Dear God, you are so good. And Lord, I just pray right now, would you please give me the answers for this test? In Jesus' name. And when I got to college, I went to Bible college. And in Bible college, the professors prayed before every test. But their prayer did not match up with my prayer. They prayed something like this. Oh, Lord, please let the students remember the things that they have studied. And I'm like thinking, great. You've crossed up heaven with our prayers. What's going to happen here now? You know, it's, I didn't study. So what's going to take place here? I'm, I'm facing a big, fat, one-legged A on this, right? I had an English lit class that was like that. If by some reason, and some, for instance, Mrs. Rooney, you're watching this via online, I love you. You're amazing. I just didn't like Mrs. Mrs. Rooney's English lit class because I didn't like English lit. I had a hard time understanding it. I had a hard time compelling it. And to be honest, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really want to read it. My main objective with English Lit was to pass. As long as it wasn't one of those one-legged A's, I didn't care. I wanted to pass. And so, I would, <laughs> it'd be really tough. Now, other classes that I really liked, man, I'd study. And I'd know the stuff. And I'd get to that examination, and he, they'd put the test in front of me like, man, I am on this. I am got this. This is going to be awesome. 
Here you go, man. I am on like Donkey Kong. This is sweet. I've got this. And those were the examinations that we liked because uh, I'd knock those out of the park. But the deal with examination is this. Whether it causes us to have anxiety or stress is typically found in our preparation for the test or lack thereof. When we do an internal examination of our lives, it happens much the same way. See, I, I've, if, if I've been living for Jesus and reading my Bible and praying and seeking God to grow, and uh, I'm, I'm generally excited about being a Christian and my Christian walk and my church, and that examination is going to be relatively easy. Why? Because I've been preparing myself. However, if I've been playing church, if I've been living my life with selfish desires and selfish ambitions, and man, it's just all about me, and really I'm not seeking God, and I'm not really delving into the scripture or trying to grow, I'm only concerned about my mess. I'm only concerned about my agenda. I'm only concerned about what my stuff looks like. And maybe even perhaps uh, there's some sin in your life. And, and you're living with that, that idea that you're going to have both one foot in, in, in Jesus in heaven and one foot in the world. Can I just tell you, you are not ready for an examination. You're not ready for the test. Why? You're not prepared. The Bible encourages us to live our lives in such a way that we prepare every day for the final exam. Because there will be a final for this life. Maybe you've never heard it put this way. I didn't like final exams too much. Because it was a cumulative effort of everything. And one day we're going to stand before God and he's going to look at your life and it will be a cumulative effort of everything. And you're going to take a final exam. Some of the worst classes I ever had were the ones that took two tests. They had a midterm and they had a final. You know why? Because if you bombed one, you were completely in trouble. And I remember wishing that I had more tests and more pop quizzes along the way to help me out in those classes. If you go through life, and, and the reason Paul says this, that you need to examine yourself, communion gives us this opportunity to do that. It gives us a chance to look inward and say, I'm going to examine myself. You see, Paul said it this way. He says, I die daily. I die daily. And it got me to thinking, if, if someone as important as Paul, I, I think about Paul in his life, if there was somebody that knew the scripture, it was Paul. Even before his conversion experience, he was someone who knew what the Pentateuch said. He was somebody that was a, he even calls himself a Jewish, a Jew's Jew. I mean, he was, he was somebody that was very adamant about that. And then he has this life transformation with the Lord, and he says every day, this is a guy that wrote 13 books in the New Testament. This is one of the major apostles who was responsible to get the word of God throughout the whole Mediterranean region and really the known world at that time. And here's a guy who says, listen, I understand the importance of taking tests every single day. Exams. And he tells this Corinthian church, he says, listen, 
when you come before this table of communion, I can't think of a better time for an examination than right now. Every man ought to examine himself. Every person. Take an examination. Those classes that only had two, two exams, sometimes we, we treat our Christian life that way. Man, I had the exam. I, I gave my life to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, we're just like, ooh, I can do whatever I want. Some people have that approach. I prayed a prayer, I came to an altar, I gave my heart to the Lord, but really I didn't want to make him Lord and Savior of my life, I just wanted to get out of hell free. So I took that examination and I passed that one. Can I tell you there's one more examination that's coming up? And it's going to be, what have you done with what I've given you? That examination of your life. And it's conclusive, and it's final. I don't say that to scare anybody today. All I say that for that is this. I think it's important that we examine ourselves, that we take those tests on an everyday basis. It says, God, is there anything inside of me? Is there any sin in my life? Is there any unforgiveness in my life? Is there any hurt, and is there any pain in my life? Is there anything that I've not confessed before you? Is there anything, God, that is causing me to stumble, that I need to move? You know, Paul goes on to say this, that when we take communion unworthily, in other words, without passing the exam, you may say, well, how do you pass the exam? Well, the Bible talks about that, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But it talks about confessing your sin, renewing your commitment to God, having your heart set and your focus set on him. But when you take communion without passing this exam, Paul says this, that you eat and drink condemnation on yourself. Those are Bible words. Those aren't mine. You eat and drink condemnation on yourself. And he says, this is why many of you are weak and unhealthy, and many of you die. Now, while I believe that that refers to the physical, can I take this a step farther to say it's not just the physical? He's not just talking about your physical body here. Many are emotionally and spiritually weak and unhealthy, which is far greater of a death than just a physical death. When we take communion without passing the exam, we are eating and drinking physical, emotional, and spiritual condemnation on ourselves. You could be physically weak, but I guarantee you, if you aren't physically weak by this, if you don't pass the exam, there is something that's going to happen, and you will be emotionally and spiritually weaker every time that you take of communion without passing this exam. And eventually... You become weak and unhealthy. You know, First Peter chapter 5 says this. It says, the devil goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I don't know if you've ever watched Animal Planet or anything like that. But lions prey on weak and unhealthy things. So if you want to just kind of go through life, not worry about these exams, 
have one foot in the world, one foot with God, and just kind of live your life. Can I just tell you, every time, every day, you get a little weaker, you get a little bit more unhealthy. I'm not trying to scare you. That's not what this is about. I'm trying to make you think. I'm trying to make you think. Because you see, as you get weaker and more unhealthy, you know what begins to happen? Animal Planet shows us with the herd that what begins to happen is the weak and unhealthy ones start to fall back because they can't keep up. And the lions are waiting in the, in the wings, ready to pounce. Exams are so important. So important. Because if you go through life without them, you'll be weak and unhealthy and it'll eventually will result in death. So today, before we move any farther this morning, it's time that we take an exam. It's time that we take a test. Can I just encourage you, if, if there's anxiety right now in your heart and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't know we were doing this today. Pop quiz. Chances are, if there's anxiety in your heart, that's something you need to make right with God. And we're going to pray the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. The one thing I want you to know about this exam today is it's an open book test. I loved open book tests. You know what that means? That means all the answers are right in front of me. And the teacher says, Here, here's what you get to do. You get to have the book to take the test. Isn't that so cool? Y'all don't want the book? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Get a chance to have the book to take the test. And you know what the book has to say about this? It says, if you will call on the name of the Lord, if you will believe that in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, if you will confess your sins, the open book says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, you pass the test. If you're sitting there and you really don't know what to do, maybe you've not accepted Christ or maybe you want to do it on your terms, you still want to be able to live however you want, not follow or read the open book, you still want to have one foot here and one foot there, can I just tell you today, you're not going to pass this pop quiz. You're not going to pass this examination. Each time you're faced with this, and you just still participate as though everything is fine, but you fail the exam. You're getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And the problem is, and this is the sad thing for most believers, listen to me. When we fail to take examinations of ourselves on a regular basis, what typically happens is we get weaker and weaker, and we don't even realize that we're falling away from the herd. When we fail to come before the Lord with a heart that's open and exposed and say, God, I know I'm not perfect. So, Holy Spirit, I want you to speak something into my life. Every time that we let that moment pass and we never take advantage of it, every time we come before this table, and this is one thing we do on a regular basis, I would encourage you to take a pop quiz every day. I got to be honest, if it worked for Paul, it's got to work for you. We come here every month, 
before this communion table. And Paul says, before you take of this, you should examine your heart. You should examine your life to see where you're at, to take a test. So here's how we're going to do this this morning. We're going to take a test. Now, whenever I was in college, here's how the teacher would tell us. Pencils down. We're going to bow our heads. We're going to pray. Now, here's how this test is going to go. I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask him to lead you and to speak into your life because he's the one who takes his finger and points it on things and says, listen, you're dealing with this. You need to get rid of it. This sin in your life, man, you're, you're trying to... You're trying to ride the fence here. You need, to, you need to expose that and get rid of it and confess it. This unforgiveness that you've got in your heart, this bitterness that's raging inside of you, you've got, you've got to get rid of that. And the Holy Spirit begins to work on your life. So we're going to take that test. Pastor Dustin, if you join me here. We're going to take that test this morning. I've still got one more point. So don't think we're done. Still got one more point. But today, I feel like it's important to pause right here and to do an examination. So pencils down and heads bowed. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray. I pray, Lord. Holy Spirit, do your work right now. Do your work, Holy Spirit, right now. Speak those things, God, that need to be taken care of right now in Jesus' name. Speak to that need. Speak to that hurt. Speak to that pain. Speak to that sin. And God, right now, I pray, Lord, you said if we were fa confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the open book answer. So God, I pray right now, let that happen. We're going to give you a few moments. Holy Spirit, move. I want you to take a moment with the Holy Spirit right now. Close off yourself. Maybe this is just for you. Maybe the, the thing for you is just an everyday. Maybe you do, on a regular occurrence, you've done this. And, and it's just like, Lord, examine my heart. Examine my heart. For some of you, this may be the first time you've ever even heard this preached or the first time you've ever done it. The same whether you've done it every day or this is the first time. The, the verbiage is the same. God, examine my heart. And if you're here today and you've not accepted Christ into your life, you have not lived your life for him, today I want to challenge you that you can pass this test pass this test. I would hate for you to get to the final and realize that you didn't, weren't prepared. So today, Holy Spirit, move into the hearts of people right now. 
Examine our hearts, God, today. See if there be any wicked way in us, God. Search us, oh God. Know our heart today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning, here's what I want us to do. I've got one more point, but before we move on, if that's been you today, right where you sit, would you just stretch up your hands to the Lord? If you've passed this exam, if you've passed this pop quiz, this test, would you just reach your hands to the Lord and just say thank you? If you've had to ask Him for forgiveness, just say thank you. If you've had to ask Him to speak into your life today and He's spoken to you and, and there's some things that you know you've got to do, just thank Him for that. Can we give God praise this morning? God, I thank you. With arms stretched wide, God, I surrender my life to you. Part of this inward examination result, uh, results in surrender, God. So I surrender my life. I surrender my heart to you, Lord. And I ask, oh God, that, Lord, you would move and that you would speak through me. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Not only do we look backward, not only do we look inward, but we also look forward, forward. Another dynamic of this communion event is a forward type of thinking. The, the Bible verse in 1 Corinthians says that as often as you eat and drink, you do this until he comes. It's a forward thought process. You see, one day communion will happen no more in this form. There won't be bread, there won't be juice because there'll be no need of it. Because one day we'll be standing in front of the one who saved us and communion will be more than bread and juice. It will be about a person that we wrap our minds, our, our arms around. It'll be eyes that are full of compassion that we look into that says, I thank you, God, for saving my soul. So the ordinance that we partake of with communion will be no more on that day. Revelation 21.4 says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither shall there be any more sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to fathom what heaven's going to be like. But I know that heaven is, will be about praising. It'll be about worshiping. It'll be about hanging out with Jesus. You know what makes heaven great? It's not the streets of gold, although that'll be impressive. It's not the gates that are precious jewels, and it's not all the mansions, you know, that we can kind of focus on and sing about. And all those are fine. But what makes heaven great and what makes hell devastating is the fact that in heaven there's the presence of God that we live and breathe and move in every day, and in hell there isn't. 
is what I'm looking forward to. That one day, I'll stand face to face with the one who died for me. The other cool thing is, yeah, man, I'm going to get to hang out with those who passed their final exam before I got to. And I'll get to see them again. And there'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more goodbyes. Why? Because Jesus took care of it all on the cross so that we could have life. That's awesome. That's amazing. We're going to prepare our hearts to take communion now this morning. Ask Lexi Peeper to come. She's going to sing a song for us as we're being served together. The song's entitled this, I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine. We've looked backward. We've looked inward. We've looked forward. And now I challenge you. As we hold these elements together, we're going to take them all together. The brothers are prepared to come. Go ahead and come. We're going to take communion together. I'm sure Lexi wouldn't mind. If you know this song, you can probably sing it with her. She'd be okay with that. But I want you to think about the Lord today. I want you to think about what he's done for you. I want you to take communion and make it, thank you, God, for the past. But I've looked inward, God, and I'm so grateful that today my heart is right with you. My heart and my spirit and my life is right with you, God, today. I'm so excited about that. But I also look forward because I know that there's coming a day when I'll get to see you face to face. Hallelujah. Lexi, would you sing?
God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. God, you're so good God you're so good God you're so good you're so good to me God you're so good God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. One last time, God is so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good God you're so good you're so good to me you're so good to you stand Lord we hold these elements in our hand today God there's such a powerful reminder not only the price you paid for us it's a powerful reminder of what you've done in each one of our lives how you've saved us how you filled us it's a powerful reminder God of where we are today because of you. But God, it's also a great opportunity as we look forward 
to what you're going to do in eternity with you. Father, today we thank you, Lord, for these emblems. Thank you for what they represent. They represent life. They represent victory. They represent you. So, Lord, today as we take of these elements, would you please fill us with the Spirit of God all over again. In Jesus' name, just take the bread together. Thank you, Lord. Let's drink of the cup as well. Thank you, Lord. God, you are so good. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise. Couldn't imagine my life without you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that today, God, as we have taken a an in-depth look at what communion is. I pray that today, God, that we would live in communion with you every day. Help us to take exams and pop quizzes all the time, to examine our hearts, and God, to live for you every day. We thank you, Lord. We check our egos, our pride, our motives. We check that all aside, God, because we want you. So, Lord, pray, God, that you move in us. We give you glory and honor, God, today in Jesus' name. Amen.